Hey, Anthony, it's that time again. To hitchhike across the galaxy? Yeah, yeah, wait, no. No, not at all. Then what? It's time to make the podcast. Oh, oh, oh yeah, that thing. Once again, we have reached that time of the week. Time to dive into the movies we love and the movies we wish we could forget. Pitting them against each other to receive praise uh, or hatred. Based on a scale of our choosing. So let's jump into it. This is the Double Feature Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Double Feature Versus. Um, this is Anthony. That's Brad. And uh, we got a special one today. We got a we got we got a little bit of a threefer, a threesome going a on. A three-parter uh, that I've been saying that we need to do for a while now. You did bring this up. Uh, I think you brought this up once before. Like it, it was the last time we talked, and it was one time before that. Um, initially, when I told you, you know, like last week we met up, I said, "All right, yeah, sure, we'll do Bill and Ted." I thought about it, and I said, "Oh shit, I agreed to do Bill and Ted." <laughs> like <laughs> I had always avoided these movies, um, and, and it's kind of I kind of prejudged them, like because I like Keanu Reeves, but I'm like these. These come off like stoner comedies that I just would not like. But um, as we get into it, man, like these these films, they they charmed me. They 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 were charming. Yeah, they're a little bit smarter than stoner comedies, not by much, but a little bit. They're in on their own joke. Yes. All right, man. Um, I I guess I'll start off here. Yeah. So today we're doing the Bill and Ted uh, trilogy. We're doing a Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Bogus Journey, and uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music. And uh, pretty much, man, you know, the, the clear cut, these uh, trilogy of films are about these uh, two slackers, uh, lo- two lovable slackers. You know, they they, they, they grow on you. Um, that uh, it, This whole kind of journey starts off where they travel through time to learn about the history of the world so they can pass their history projects so they won't flunk. And then they discover that there are these two influential leaders in the future and um, that people look up to them. So we go from that. We go from them uh, cheating death in many games. I mean, many, many games. Yes. uh, In order to resurrect themselves after they're uh, killed by their evil twins. And um, again, you know, fulfilling their destiny. And uh, it goes to them in adulthood uh, with kids where they realize they have to learn how to make a song that will... Uh, forever change the world and put everything um, in alignment and not have time and fate collapse. Save all of time and existence with a single song. Save all the time and existence with a single song. Um, yeah, if that's not if that's not stoner comedy potential, it, it, I don't know what is. But these films, like Brad said, they're they're, they're better than they should be. Yes, yeah, th- which is why I was o- surprised when you first said that you'd never seen them before. Uh, because I, I especially the first existed. one is very like heavily applauded by audience and critics. See, that's the thing. I always known they existed. I had never looked them up or looked up critical reviews. I had always seen them in Target, and I go, eh, I don't know if that's for me, you know, because I feel like in my mind I was like, well, I've always I've already seen Dude Where's My Car, which is also a pretty solid comedy, and I'm like, well, this comes off like that, not knowing that this inf- influenced that comedy in mm-hmm. many ways. Um, but, um, yeah, man, I just never gave Bill and Ted a chance. 
I always said I would, which, you know, I'm grateful that you introduced me to this because I'm glad I watched them back to back. Um, Yeah, man. Yeah, I, uh, I, 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 I negatively prejudge these. And this comes at a perfect time because I told you I just watched Speed for the first time. Which is another, uh, wait, Speed is Keanu, right? Yeah, that's 90s, yeah. yeah. Okay, just making sure before I said that was Keanu because then it's going through the Keanu catalog. Hold on, he's done a lot of movies. Is that one of them? The Keanu-verse. Yeah. Yeah, I'm almost sad that we didn't get the, uh... What the Keanu day with Matrix 4 and John Wick 4 coming out like the same day? I mean, they could still do it. Um, I highly doubt they are because I think Matrix already has its release date. But, yeah, they um, both have release dates now and they're both separate now. They're no longer coming out the same exact day because that would have been a great day at the movies. That would have been awesome. You know that every movie totally theater awesome. would have had a double feature of those two movies back-to-back. Two movies that have nothing to do with each other, releasing on the same day just because of Keanu Reeves. That would have been a special day, man. And um, All right, but before we get into like, like Keanu, um, you know, um, it's also, let's also give our love to Alex Winter, too. Oh, because, yeah. Because, you know, this is, this, this, is, uh, this is yin and yang here. This is Mark Frost and David Lynch. Like, you, you can't have one without the other when it comes to the Bill and Ted universe. Um, and, uh, let's just start off with the first one, man. I'll let you, uh, take the lead. So the first, uh, Bill and Ted, uh, excellent adventure or excellent. Yeah. yeah, Excellent adventure. Uh, basically we're first introduced to Bill and Ted. They're trying to create this band called wild stallions. Uh, but they don't know how to play any instruments. They don't really have any like experience with anything but they're they're trying to make the video to introduce themselves as wild stallions this band <laughs> that doesn't exist yet and they end up getting visited by or no prior to this they're told that uh if they don't pass this history kind of speech that they get have to give about mm-hmm. like famous people and what they think of you know their home city and like now so the idea of the entire assignment was you know you got to put your shoes or you know uh put on like the shoes of george washington and explain what he would think of this hometown if he were here today kind of thing oh yes dude okay go ahead go ahead yeah so of course they're going through and trying to figure out who even any of these people are because all they knew about them were like little tidbits like uh for Napoleon, they were like, he's short and he's dead. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's and, short and dude. For Joan of Arc, it was, uh, she wasn't married to Napoleon. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, these were the only things that they knew. And this is where, like, the stoner comedy kind of comes in. But it, it takes it to a next level that's just absolutely brilliant. Because it just dumbs it down so much that it becomes so in on itself for the joke that it's great. As they kind of meet these different people and everything. Uh, because right. they then get the ability to travel through time and they decide to use the time machine to kidnap all these historical figures so they can find out from them directly what they think of their hometown instead of, you know, trying to actually put themselves in their shoes to figure that out. Right. Like, another thing about this film is that, um, it's, dude, I didn't realize how influential this film really is. Like, when I, um, uh, Oh, man, it did inspire that. Like, when they keep saying, you know, excellent, I keep thinking of Wayne's World, but Wayne's yeah. World came after. 
Yeah, now this was a shoot. huge inspiration. Well, this was originally what Wayne's World was mocking on SNL, was kind of continuing yeah. a Bill and Ted vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can I can picture that because I'm like, oh shoot, this is this is this inspired even Wayne's World, and there's that scene uh, when the jock. <laughs> there's a scene that inspired uh, what's the Adam Sandler movie where he goes back to school? Um, Billy Billy Madison. I think so. Yeah, the one yeah, where he Billy. gives like the speech about uh, the one children's book and. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then in the end, no one says anything. He says. Knee high football rules, and then everyone starts clapping, and I'm like, yep. dude, that came exactly from this film when the jock was talking, and everyone was staring at him. He was like, uh, "Such and such city rules." And yeah, was, yeah, you know, like I'm like, wow, this film really did inspire a whole generation of movies. Yeah, this is definitely you know uh, case zero for a lot of comedies to come from the '90s, because uh, this one came out in like '89, I think it was. Uh, yep, 1989. Yeah, because the sequel came out in the 90s, and it definitely feels like it came out in the 90s, but this one definitely inspired a lot of, like, the comedies that uh, we basically consider classics today. But yeah, it's I'll... it's so good because they go to the different time periods and literally still steal people, uh, like Billy the Kid, uh, Socrates, uh, a.k.a. Socrates, but everybody calls right. him Socrates. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, Joan of Arc, um, Abraham, Abraham Lincoln, Lincoln. Yeah, Jinx. Uh, wh- who else we got? Genghis Khan. Oh yeah, Genghis Khan. How could I forget Genghis Khan? Um, Mozart. Be- Beethoven. No, it was Beethoven. Oh, Beethoven. You're right. Yeah. And Freud. He was yeah. the funniest one, man. I gotta say, Freud made me laugh the most. Yeah. Well, I love when they like bring the characters like to the present and stuff like that. They leave them in a mall uh, with yeah. like Slurpees or something like that, and they're like, "Just have a look around, and we gotta go get Napoleon, you know, and uh, come back here, and then we'll give our report and stuff." So figure out like what you think of this place, so we can you know tell everyone. Right, and, and everyone gets arrested because they keep wreaking havoc, and you know, and. <laughs> They all get dragged to the police station where I think, uh, which one is it, Bill or Ted's father who's a cop? Uh, it was Ted's Ted. father that is yeah, a cop. Ted's father. And he keeps trying to send him to military school. Yeah. Um, which is where, that, like, one of the best, like, time travel jokes comes from is when they're trying to break them out, you know, and they go, well, we need the keys, but my dad lost the keys, like, two days ago. Well, I know. We'll go back in time after we're done with our report, and we'll take your dad's keys, and we'll, like, put them behind this sign. Right here! (laughs) And they keep playing off that of, well, now we gotta remember to make a recording to, like, convince my dad to leave his office. But what will I say? And then the recording starts playing, and it's like, oh, that's what I'll say! (laughs) Right, and, uh... (laughs) Right, and um, I want to talk about George Carlin, who um, who is in this as a uh, what was his character's name? Oh, uh, Rufus. Rufus, yeah, Rufus. Um, I um, <laughs> when I first watched this and I saw he was in it, you know, like George Carlin had been in a lot of comedies in in his day, and um, you know, of course, he's a very influential comedian, like considered like one to be one of the greatest. I kind of wondered like how he would be in this film. Is he like? 
if he would be like a bit player or a back player or like take full charge. But I feel like he in this film, he's just right. You know what I mean? Yeah. He has the perfect like facial expressions, even without saying anything to like that's just so George Carlin ish. And for him being as big as he was when he came in this, he didn't steal spotlight at all in this. He didn't. He played Which his is role really good because uh, I remember I knew of George Carlin prior to seeing this and I saw heard that he was in it. And I was like, he's definitely going to just steal every scene he's in. And no, somehow he's still in the back of every scene because you have uh, Keanu Reeves and Alex Winters just stealing <laughs> the spotlight everywhere in this movie as they should as the lead characters. Yeah. Um, wow, man. Another film I know I know this film inspired was uh, uh, Encino Man, because when I watch this, I just think of Encino Man, which is one of my favorite um, '90s comedies. And um, again, that's just that kind of I, I think uh, Brandon Fraser. I think I read somewhere that he had auditioned for the role of Bill. There's a lot of people that audition for the roles of Bill and Ted in this movie that uh, came from that like. Uh, late 80s early 90s kind of comedy scene yeah like Polly Shore was uh, considered for one of the roles too which you know the weasel but it, I'm glad they didn't do that because it would have been a weasel film mm-hmm. and you know it's best to leave the wheeze as the wheeze right um, yeah yeah man this is this is a funny movie man I love the running jokes that as we talk about the other films run throughout like uh, what's, his, what's his name uh, Bill's stepmom as she goes oh, from this yeah. guy to that guy to this guy, and um, uh, they keep saying, "I think it's time to get Van Halen." But dude, should we learn how to make music first? Like, you know, like it's that running joke. They don't, they don't know how to play. And in the end, you know, George Carlin kind of looks at the camera like they do get better. Like they get better. Oh yeah, in the first one, yeah, they <laughs> after they start playing because it's literally they're just you know strumming on the guitar not doing any notes or anything like that there's no rhythm or anything to it it's just madness and he does the oh yeah they they get better uh there's also the whole joke with the princesses (laughs) oh yeah the babes yeah hello babes and babettes hello dudes and babes like the thing about bill and ted is that you know keanu reeves and alex winder their their chemistry is amazing you know, like on Dumb and Dumber level and like they just mm-hmm. make the thing so enjoyable because, you know, we know they're idiots, but they're charming idiots. You know what yes. I mean? And they, they actually do learn about history throughout all of this. It takes very extraordinary circumstances to get it done, but they do learn things. Yeah. And I love that the time machine is a phone booth, which is a nod to Doctor Who as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it... it it's so great. I think I love there's one scene where they're traveling through time and they have the phone booth like on its side and they're kind of just all standing on it in it on its side because it's so packed with people. It's going through time. Uh, yep. It's just it, there's so much to love about this movie. If you haven't seen Bill and Ted, you need to watch through the trilogy. Uh, it actually stands up pretty well as a trilogy as well even though there's a pretty big gap between the second and third movie and i want to talk to that when we get to the last one but yep. um okay so, so we all we all good on this one yeah let's get to the second one because this is the one where it gets a little bit rocky but i it got a lot of hate but i don't think it deserved all the hate that it got well yeah let me um okay yeah i can i can summarize this so bill and ted's bogus journey 
So this film, you know, the sequel. So it's a few years later. Um, Bill and Ted are living in their living by themselves in their apartment. They're still with the princesses, and they're planning on taking. They they live. The princesses live on their own with their roommate. Um, that they. Okay, well, hold on. Let's back up. Uh, so the princesses are two women that they found in the first film on their journey. They uh they were they were set to get married to these two old nasty men that they didn't want to marry, but Bill and Ted saved them and brought them to present day. That, that's and put in the movie's own words of these old nasty medieval men. <laughs> these old nasty medieval men. Um. So anyway, in present day, they're all still together. Um. Bill and Ted are working on proposing to them, like they want to take the next step with these women. Uh, Ted is still being threatened. Okay, man, I, I keep getting them mixed up. Which one's Bill? Uh, Bill is the one played by Alex Winters, and Ted is the one played by Keanu Reeves. Okay, Ted is be- still being threatened by his father to go to military school. Um, Bill's stepmom is now uh, Ted's stepmom because she's now with Ted's father. Yeah. Um, Which so, uh, also has one of the best recurring jokes in the uh, trilogy of "Shut up, Ted!" Whenever they're talking about Missy, is her name, I believe, isn't it? Yeah, Missy. And so, um, yeah. See, the thing I like about this film is that, uh, well, just to talk about the synopsis, um, Bill and Ted, um, an enemy of theirs from the future, sends a robot. Um, a robot Bill and Ted to Earth. So they look like Bill and Ted, but inside they're all robot um, genetics and all that. Um, they come to planet Earth. They kill the human Bill and Ted, and Bill and Ted die and meet the Grim Reaper, who um, is played by uh, William Sadler, who I think nails this role. He's, oh, absolutely. He's hilarious. Um, so in this film, what they're trying to do, Bill and Ted are trying to get back to Earth. They're trying to get back to Earth, and they have to play death in a few games or try to... Well, initially, they dodge death, and they give them a wedgie, and then they run off. And I um, I think they, they, they head back to Earth first, and then... Because uh, they try to warn um, Ted's father, who is a detective, that they're missing, which he doesn't know. He just thinks they're off being slackers somewhere. Yeah. But what I want to talk about before we continue, um, one of the things I like about this movie is that it's a nod to the Seventh Seal. I don't know if you ever saw that film by Igmar Bergman. I have not. Okay, well, it's, it's about a man who has a conversation with death. It's a very influential, like, art house film from the is it the sixties? When did that film come out? Came out in the fifties. Anyway, um, it's a very influential movie. But uh, the thing I love how like Bill and Ted kind of makes fun of that. Because, like, when they meet Death, you know, um, of course, like, after they have their little run-in with Earth, and then um, they end up go- they end up going to hell, right? Which, yeah, they which, go which to hell. That? So okay. they, they go to hell because they tried to contact uh, Missy uh, through a seance that they were having. Oh, yeah, that part, yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. instead of, you know, believing them, uh, she thinks that they're demons and does a ritual to send the ghosts back to hell from whence they came. So he ends gotcha. up sending uh, Bill and Ted down to hell as ghosts still. I mean, that's not my strongest favorite, most favorite sequence, but it, it works where they both are confronted with their worst fears um, Bill has to deal with his grandmother, who yep. just has a very ghastly face, and is trying to kiss him. And Ted has to deal with this like this like human life size doll that's scary. Yeah, it's like, an Easter Bunny because uh, he stole his brother's chocolate. 
Oh, okay. For Easter one year, and so he has to relive, uh, you know, that scenario. And it's like a Easter bunny with a very human face, and it's mm-hmm. very '90s kind of uh, puppetry going on, where it makes it even creepier looking. Yeah, like so. Basically, uh, you know, long story short, they do eventually get out, and uh, they have to face death again. And uh, when they play death, they beat him. And then he says, uh, best two out of three. So then they beat him again. Uh, best well, five it's out of seven. it's worth noting that the games that they're playing are like Battleship. Uh, right, right, Then right. it's like Twister. Uh, it, it, there's a bunch of them that they go through. And it's literally just like board game kind of games that they're playing with the devil. Or with death, not the devil. Yeah, yeah, the Grim Reaper. And he just cannot accept the loss and he keeps making them play them. And it comes to the point where basically he comes along and they bring him to, uh, you know, they go to heaven. And uh, <laughs> this leads to one of the funniest scenes in my mind where uh, they they basically come to, I guess, is like the greeting desk. And the guy is like, uh, what's the meaning? And they just start singing the lyrics from Every Rose Has a Storm. But they yeah. do it in such a Bill and Ted way. And yeah, they say it like uh, they say it in the same way that Socrates was speaking in the first movie. So right. they're basically taking those words and kind of, you know, or the lyrics to the song, just speaking them out. Like there's some philosophical kind of like saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, there's moments like that in the movie. Um, I don't think it's the strongest one in the trilogy, but I don't think it's a bad movie. I think it's, I think it's good for what it is. Yeah, I feel like it's a little bit uh, just disjointed scene to scene. And that's where it kind of loses people a little bit. Because a lot of it just kind of is, well, why is this scene happening? You know, well, because they thought that would be funny. You know, there's really no commonality between the scenes like there was with the time travel. Where it kind of made sense why they were going through all these mishaps. Mm -hmm. And it kind of fell in line. Like, the whole scene of them, like, going through with their fears and stuff like that didn't make too much sense. Then there's the scenes with the stations, uh, which are... (laughs) Yeah, the aliens from Mars that are the smartest uh, beings in the galaxy that create robot versions. Yeah, they create the good robot versions of Bill and Ted to fight the evil robot versions of Bill and Ted. So, there's a lot... And the good robots just look... Oh yeah, the good yeah, robots. I, say, I love them. They they look straight up like like claymation dolls, dude. And I'm like, this is what the smartest beings in the universe came up with. I mean, granted, they made them out of like scraps from like vacuum cleaners and stuff from a uh, department store. So <laughs> I don't know what else you were waiting for. But don't worry, kids. Death made the wigs. <laughs> Right, right, and I love how in the end, Death wants all his credit. Like he keeps trying to, he keeps trying to like be included in on everything. Oh and yeah, he's kind of, he's kind of like, like like Death, like go away. Like when they, when they, uh, when they first run into Station, um, and uh, they're playing some kind of like a charades game or something, and then Death gives a like obscure answer, and everyone just stares at him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Death <laughs> just wants to be like, included so- the entire time. <laughs> And uh, I love how uh, when the film ends, um, the, uh, the, uh, <laughs> I love how they go through all the tabloids of like Bill and Ted, they're in their band and like Def is in on the band. And then at one point Def leaves the band 
tries to go solo. He fails. Then he gets back with the band. You know, like um, you, you, you didn't watch the credits when they were I all, did. When, when all the. I, okay. I remember the newspaper articles and everything because they actually reference that in the third movie as well with uh, Death trying to do his own thing and then coming back and then trying to steal the band name. and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this one's okay. It, it, it's, 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 it's not horrible. I mean, it made me laugh a few times. Yeah, it has some good scenes in it. There's a lot that I feel like could have been cut from this one, but it does, that kind of ruins the little bit of the flow of the movie. But still good. I, it got a lot of hate. I remember that. Like, a lot of people pretty much said Bill and Ted was a one-and-done movie and, you know, ignore the second one. But I, th- I think it still has enough in it that people would enjoy it. Um... I mean, I can understand that. Sometimes when you get a sequel, everyone everyone expects a ju- everyone expects a Terminator Two Judgment Day. Um, that doesn't always happen, you know what I mean? And sometimes when you have a two, you might say, "Okay, this might be done." Like, you know, you might not agree with me, but when I saw Deadpool Two, I was like, "Okay, that was kind of the same movie but longer." I, I I don't know if I have much faith for Deadpool Three. But, you know, I could be wrong because usually the sequels do kind of have lesser quality most of the time or they, they don't really bring anything new to the first one. Yeah, it's very few and far between sequels actually expand on something. So, uh, yeah, notable ones being like Star Wars, Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man, not uh, the newer ones like Amazing right, Spider-Man right. or Homecoming. Um, yeah. But... I mean, I don't think I, I think No Way Home was a solid sequel. I don't think it was bad, you know. Um, Far but from I, home. I hear what you're saying. No Way Home is the one that's coming Far out later this year. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Um, yeah, you want to move on? Yeah, we'll do the third in the trilogy now, which was the one that it's been like 30 years since uh, the. Bogus Journey came out, which came out in 91, I want to say. If I'm remembering correctly. 1991. 1991. Yeah. So it's been like 30 years since uh, the Bogus Journey came out, which it's insane that this movie was in limbo because originally it was supposed to come out sometime in the early 2000s. And it just kept hitting issues with, yeah. With uh, Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter's time schedules not matching up. Then it was rewriting the script a couple times. And this movie basically became like a joke of, oh, they're never going to make a third Bill and Ted movie. You know, they've been trying forever. So the fact that the movie came out is a huge deal. And your audio keeps going up and down. Like your voice keeps going up and down. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. It sounds like a. Sounds like a little bit like a glitch on your side. Okay. I'll check in a bit. It might go away. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, that's one thing that uh, it, it a lot of people just didn't think that this movie was going to end up happening. And so when they finally did get a release date for it, a lot of people were kind of like, ah, oh, it's been so long. Are they going to be able to fall back into the roles and be able to do this movie? And I think they did. I think they fell perfectly back into the roles they did in the beginning i i was like 
it was a little just like it's kind of the reason I, I haven't watched Dumb and Dumber 2 yet. But um, it was it was a little distracting when I first started because I'm like, oh, man, Keanu and Alex are so older now. Like, it doesn't make sense for them to still be in that mindset anyway of, of the slacker mindset. Like, and, but then, you know, when they started, like, as the film continued on past the wedding scene, um, I was like, OK, all right. Yeah, they are sinking back into it. Well, um, but best thing about this one, man, are the daughters, uh, Samantha Weaving and um, Bridget Lundy Payne. Like, cause they they match uh, Keanu and Alex like so perfectly, aka pretty much uh, like a, little Bill and little Ted. <laughs> right, because the, when the second film ended, they looked like boys. But I guess, like, I guess that adds to the joke because they they have like they're they're women with boyish names. Yeah. Well, they were literally like one year old in the bogus journey at the very end of the movie, so. Right. You really couldn't tell what gender they were, but they referred to them as Lil Bill and Lil Ted. You could tell, man. Come on. Oh, yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you, you could tell, man. But, um, yeah, like, uh, yeah, so, like, um, their daughters, um, they they really do fit the, the role well in this film because they, they seem like splitting versions of their fathers, and they're kind of slackers, too, and you hear Ted's grandfather kind of say, you're bad influences to them. They're just like you, you know. Um, and you definitely see the that. Scene. They're very similar to them, especially when they even go and have their own journey. That's basically the same as right. uh, Excellent Adventure. Yeah, like I love how they run into Jimi Hendrix and they say, look, man, we need you to help us make the best song. And he just says, like, no, I don't know y'all. Then they go even further back to Louis Armstrong and they show him a performance of Jimmy on their phone. And Louis like so stuck into like the technology of, of the phone that he's like, hey, y'all, come look at this. And yeah. like, um, you know, then they bring him back and Jimmy says, OK, yeah, I'll do it. Um, like, I like that they that was a nice homage to the first film and it sets it up for a new generation of like Bill and Ted fans. Um, you know, uh, it like um, the wedding scene. When I'm seeing them, like, as an adult, like, a, a very much middle-aged Bill and Ted, I'm like, yeah, I don't know about this. But, like, I'd say, like, it, it kind of saved it, like, going past that scene. Like, when they go to the uh, the therapy sessions with their wives. And, oh, yeah. Because, um, you know, uh, the therapist is like, listen, like, you guys are together all the time. Like, like I want to hear you, Bill, um, tell – I want to hear you, Ted, tell your wife you love her. Like, uh, and then he says something like – Ever since Bill and I met you and Victoria, we love you both. And then and then Bill's like, no, no, dude, you, you don't get it. You don't get it. I, like Ted, love you like Bill loves. And, like, they both, like, don't get it that, that you know, they're always putting each other in their own sentences. Yeah, they always do everything as a group instead of, you know, solo. Right. Yeah, I kind of like um, how uh, even in that same kind of therapy thing, uh, they leave for a minute to leave the wives there by themselves with the therapist. And then they end up right. coming back and be like, dude, okay, so we just went to the future. Turns out you guys are going to leave us, you know, and you guys are going to actually talk to your older selves who are going to bring you on an adventure through time where you're going to learn that you don't want to be with us at any point in time. And the therapist is just like, what the hell is going on here? And, oh, don't worry, they're already right. princesses from, what was it, the 1600s. 
you know, what do you mean the 1600s? Right. Jillian Bell plays that role so well. Like uh, she because I know her from workaholics and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty funny. Dude, I didn't know that at first because I, I kept seeing scenes where their wives would, would travel from dimension to dimension. And there were these random people that were still in the phone booth. I didn't catch that that was their older selves. Yeah, that's their older selves bringing them on an adventure to see if they were going to ever have a time where they were happy with uh, Bill and Ted. Gotcha, so gotcha. That, that's where that whole thing comes from. Because I think the first time they run into them is at uh, the jail Mm-hmm. where Bill and Ted are actually in jail for something. I don't think they say what they're in jail for. If I recall correctly. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 they, they do, because uh, they broke into Dave Grawl's house. Oh, that's right. They're in jail for, yes. Yep, I remember that now. Yeah, they yeah, got caught they, for... <laughs> they tried to make Bill and Ted, they tried to make uh, present Bill and Ted think... Oh, we're we're rich now. We're we got this big lavish mansion, and then um they somebody rings the doorbell and they open it up and it's Dave Grohl. They say, "Oh, Dave Grohl." He says, "What are you guys doing in my house?" <laughs> yeah. And then um the future Bill and Ted are trying to run away. Yeah, which is a great cameo by Dave Grohl to just be in this movie. Uh, it, it, I love Dave Grohl. He's such a great guy. He he probably got the call to be in this movie and instantly just accepted it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, um, with with this, with this film does with like cameos and stuff. Like, I feel the same way about Kid Cudi. I like Kid Cudi, but I don't I don't see what he kind of added to this movie. I think he was kind of just in it, which I which I'm okay with. But I feel like he'd be better off having the same kind of cameo Dave Grohl did. Yeah, but I kind of did like the joke that he understood like everything about uh, space, you know, space time, and you know. Uh, theoretical science okay. and everything like that. I thought that was a great joke that, you know, he understood that, like, Bill and Ted, well, how how about, you know, we got, like, 30 seconds. Can you, you Just know... dumb it down a little bit. Dumb it down. Uh, the other funny thing being that uh, Lil Bill and Lil Ted, their daughters, understand fully about, like, space-time theory and everything like that. I think that's a great, like, inside joke within the movie that they're actually somewhat geniuses, even though they're following in their father's footsteps, which is absolute slackers and basically failures. Right. Well, I mean, they didn't fail. They, they are a successful band. Right. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got what you're saying. I, I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, I like that. Uh... Man, I was going to say something, but I forgot. You go. <laughs> I, I don't know man it was it was it was a fun it was a fun uh it's a very fun me, movie you know? yeah uh i don't think it stands up to the first one still uh much better than the second one i will say that this is like a step down from the first movie uh very fun movie to watch it has a lot of kind of jokes that refer to the previous two uh including bringing death back to where they have that like fight of you know you tried to steal the name of the band from us well i was the only part of the band people liked you did a 40 minute you know bass solo with nothing else (laughs) right i was what do you say i was warming up or i was getting into my zone yeah i was in the zone (laughs) 
He's in the zone for 40 minutes. Um, I like the joke where um, Rufus' daughter, um, because, you know, George Conley, rest in peace, he passed away. Uh, Kristen Shaw takes over as being his daughter. And uh, Holland Taylor, who who, uh, who plays um, Rufus' wife, basically her mother. I like when Bill and Ted are first, like, called to, like, um, I guess the... The future. The future, yeah, where they talk to the leaders who, I guess, in the first film, they they, they love them and everything. And now they're like, uh, they said, uh, we hear that in your time, um, you guys are now uh, performing at bars and restaurants. And you performed a show that had such and such people in it. And the only reason they were there was was, cu- was because of a $3 taco night or whatever the hell that means. Yeah, because it's Taco Tuesday. Like, yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> it was like, yeah, yeah. Like, I love how Bill and Ted, they're always optimists. Like, like even if something sucks, it's like they don't get it in their mind. They always look at the upside. Like, you guys failed. Yeah, but at least we did it, right? Yeah. Like, well, there's even the cameo by uh, George Carlin in kind of the, what was it, like a hologram of the first phone yeah, yeah. booth kind of thing, like a museum kind of thing. Where it's like, mm-hmm. this is the very first phone booth that I took to, you know, meet Bill and Ted. And th- that was a nice kind of little nod to him and everything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. You know, all three of these films are written by the same writers. Yeah. Chris yeah. Matheson and Ed Solomon. Yeah, they uh, stuck with it the entire time. And I think that's one of the things that made this one take so long is they rewrote this movie several times. Over the course of the last, right. you know, at least 20 years. Right, right. Um, listen, man, I'm glad that this stuck the landing. You you watch films like this that are like sequels to classics. Um, and it's been so far in between. Like, I say this film and Coming to America, like the new Coming to America, they're both pretty solid. Like, Coming to America, of course, doesn't beat the original Coming to America, but it was a solid sequel. You know, like, mm-hmm. it was a... It was a, it, it was it was basically like this movie. It was an entertaining sequel, and it dealt and it dealt with the same kind of themes of like um, passing the torch on to your your daughters to your your kids, and you know of course in the end we learned that the daughters make the song, not them. Um, and I hear that they they would they're considering the writers are considering writing a four film surrounding the daughters. Um, I'd see it. You know, I mean if it's the same writers, they can't fail. Right. So I'd see it. I'd I'd have a little bit of skepticism with it, but yeah, at the same time, I'd probably end up seeing it still. But because it's yeah, yeah. hard to do a Bill and Ted without it I'm being sure the focus be of Bill and Ted. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they I'm sure they would probably be in it. You know? Oh yeah, like, but I, having yeah. them as a cameo in a Bill and Ted movie just doesn't feel right. Yeah, I mean, only time will tell what what they're thinking. Right. Um. You know, I kind of, I, I don't know if I was going to put the, the first one as the best one, but I guess when I'm thinking of all of them together, I didn't mind the second movie. It did make me laugh, but I got to say the first one left more of an impression on me because I guess it was a great starting point. Yeah, the the first one definitely, it, it for me, it just, all the jokes landed perfectly. It had a lot of unexpected humor, a lot of very unexpected smart humor about it as well. And yeah. it just it, the movie flowed really well with them grabbing different people coming back to, you know, the present and how they reacted to the present and everything like that. Uh, even uh, with Ted kind of, 
you know, uh, what was it? He was translating for Socrates in their kind of speech of, you know, he likes baseball and billiards. <laughs> uh, I don't remember that scene. That was during the speech when, you know, all the oh, right, famous right, right. Gotcha, people gotcha. were up and, you know, uh, oh, then you I had you. like Abraham Lincoln four score and seven minutes ago, uh, you know, I, um, I like the Freud scene where, um, basically, uh, Ted is acting as if one of his patients and Ted kind of comes up like, Whoa, I kind of had an edible complex there. Oh, you know, yeah. like, like, like I said, this film is written in a smart way. Like it, like it, they, they are written in a, it's smart comedy, but not a, not, we're not smart characters. Right. Uh, yeah, I absolutely love it. It's, it's a good trilogy that I highly recommend. The second one is a little bit of a downslide from the other two, but it's still pretty high up there and it has some great jokes and scenes in it. Uh, mostly every scene with death is amazing in that movie. I wouldn't even say it's a downslope. I say it's a worthy sequel. Um, I don't. I don't think it's a downslope. I think they're all very entertaining. The first one is just a very good, entertaining um, uh, starting point. So, yeah, I'd say that. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like you know. Um, thanks for the suggestions. Uh, have you watched anything recently? Uh, outside of these three, I finally finished up the anime Dr. Stone, or caught up with that one for where it is currently. I think they're about to start, like, a season three. So I caught up mm-hmm. on that one. And then I finally broke down and started watching My Hero Academia, mostly due to the fact that I have, you know, five or six people constantly going, start watching it, start watching it. I want to talk you. about the new episodes. Start watching it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've had a few recommend that to me too, man. But it, it kind of is what it is. It's on the list. I tell everybody it's on the list. I'll get to it. Yeah, I, I've been saying that long enough, and now I'm getting barraged every. I think it's Monday when people are watching the new episodes of. Have you started watching My Hero yet? No, no, I haven't. Start watching it already. <laughs> Dude, I wish you would take my advice and read Saga, because I've been telling you to read that for the longest. Yeah, yeah, it's it's well, it's on my list. <laughs> so you're telling me I got to bug you every day. Is that what I have to do to get yeah, results? It, it, it's a text every single day, and eventually I'll break down and be like, fine, I'll read it. Okay, all right, gotcha, gotcha. And um, if you can get four other people to also do the same, that'll really break me down a lot faster as well. I'll just send you texts from five different numbers. There you go. <laughs> I just grab my wife's phone and just send text to this unlisted number every day. She's like, "Who is this? Don't worry about it." I just Why do you just text him read sagas every single day from my phone? Don't worry about it. It's something for work. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> Anything else you watching, man? Uh no, that's about it right now that I can think of. Okay. Um I've seen quite a bit, man, since we last talked. I uh I just all right. I say off the top. Uh, I watched Black Widow. Oh, I did watch Black Widow. And what you think? Uh, I actually liked it. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I thought it was solid. It was solid. So it doesn't like stand up to like Winter Soldier or anything. Like I was kind of hoping that it would. 
but I think it's still a very solid movie. I think the only downside of it is Taskmaster completely being wasted because Taskmaster is such a great character in the comics. So when they first announced Taskmaster was going to be in this movie, I was super excited about that because he's one of the greatest assassins in all of the, you know, Marvel kind of comics. Which one was he? Was that Ray Winstone? Uh, yeah, that was the one with like the helmet and everything like that, the shield and oh, no. kind of yeah, mimics everybody's else. moves. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that was something else. Um, yeah, man, you got a deep understanding of Marvel characters and stuff, man. I learned about these people through the movies. Okay, yeah. For the uninitiated, Taskmaster's basic thing is uh, he's capable of mimicking the move sets of anybody after watching them. So mm-hmm. he's a great assassin as a result because he can watch somebody do something and immediately be able to mimic that movement as well as counter any of their movements uh, almost immediately. Mm. So first time he meets somebody, he's able to counter them almost within you know minutes of starting a fight with them, which means oh, that he's very nice. hard to fight. Uh, there's very few characters that have been able to actually outsmart him, and it includes like characters like Deadpool, Spider-Man... Um, Wolverine, I think, has been able to outsmart him just because Wolverine can act completely, you know, without mind and be fine because he has the healing factor of it. Just make him kill himself. Basically, just, yeah. Just kind of stab yourself a little bit. It, it and, basically yeah. wear him down to the point that, you know, it doesn't matter what moves you're doing, you don't have to worry. Uh, you have okay. to basically do stuff that makes no sense. <laughs> okay uh you know i hear what you're saying man um yeah that sounds interesting uh i thought it yeah i thought it was solid you know it's cool um i've been kind of taking a break from the marvel world to be honest with you i still gotta finish winter soldier and watch loki but um i don't know man i'm kind of marveled out like Endgame was everything i ever dreamed and wanted and i, I kind of need a break uh if you like doctor who uh, watch Loki. Yeah, I, I know. Um, I, I, well, I still got to get into Doctor Who. I've only watched two episodes of the Christopher Eccleston uh, season, which is like the first season for when it came back from when it started in the, in the old days. Okay. It was like the, the first season of the revival Doctor Who series. Um, that's a massive undertaking, man. And I told you I'm trying to watch these Kurosawa films. It's It's on the list. Yeah. <laughs> But Loki it's, it's is definitely a really good one. I enjoyed that. I think out of the three Marvel shows we've gotten so far, Loki is my favorite. So is it Loki, WandaVision, Winter Soldier, or Loki, Winter Soldier, then WandaVision? Uh, I would put Loki, WandaVision, then Winter Soldier. Or Falcon, That's Winter Soldier. That's what I feared you would say. Because I was watching Falcon and Winter Soldier. I got about halfway through because I got sidetracked by other stuff. I mean, it, it's cool. You know, um, but I was like, eh, like, I don't know. It, WandaVision intrigued me because of his hook. It started yeah. out as an old classic sitcom. And, you know, we talked about this in the episode. And the more as it, as it went on, you know, it, it gained like it, it went back to it its got a lot of momentum roots. as it was going. Yeah. Yeah. Like Winter Soldier, it has momentum and it's intriguing because they brought back the one guy from the Captain America films. But it was like, eh. I'll get back to it, man. I, I'm. It's on the list. Yeah, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier is very. It 
it has momentum at the start, but it kind of loses that momentum at about the fourth episode, and it kind of just takes a downslide from there, I think. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll get back to it, man. I'm just a little marveled out, that's all. Um, I watched Luca today. Oh, Luca's how'd a, you like that it's one? A char- it's a charming Pixar film. I like it. Um, yeah, that's one of the Pixar films where I can go... I like that, man. You smile, but it didn't really change. Like a good Pixar film kind of changes you Mm because it really hits you in the heart with the feels like soul. Soul really hit me. You know, that was just such a wonderful film. Um, Luca's cool. Luca was Luca was charming. You know, it was it was charming Pixar. Okay, because I need to watch that one still. It, It didn't pull me in. Like other Pixar movies, kind of make you go, "Oh, I need to watch this right away." Like Soul, I need to watch that right away as soon yeah. as it came up. This one, it didn't pull me in that same direction with its marketing. Well, you gotta understand, man. Like any Pixar film is going to be good at the very least. Mm-hmm. Like even if it's not the best Pixar film, it's going to be good. Like um, the Good Dinosaur, that's a good Pixar film. It wasn't really like. It didn't grab me, but it's a good Pixar film. Yeah, I would put it as a good um, film. I, it doesn't stand up to other Pixar films, though. Outside of Pixar, yeah, yeah, that was yeah. a good and, movie, though. Yeah, I still need to watch Onward, but I kind of hear the same thing about that movie. They say, "Oh, you know, that's a good Pixar movie." You know, like you know. Um, but again, dude, Pixar. I just know it's going to be good. Like even mm. if, if if it's not outstanding, like you know, like we, we know the OGs, Bugs Life, Toy Story, you know, it's it's still a good movie. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, it was, it was solid. It was good. But I want to talk to you about. Uh, well, before I talk to you about that film, um, today I went to see Anthony Bourdain's documentary Road Runner. I need to see that one. Was it worth uh, watching? It was. It was. Um, you know, my wife kind of teased me. She says, you're going to the movies to watch a documentary. I'm like, yes, yes. My AMC A-list is back on and it's a, basically a free ticket for me. I'm paying for this every month. I'm going to see this. She says, OK, you know, um, and if this if, if this was probably on HBO Max, who produced this movie, I don't know if I still would have went. But um, it's only it's only exclusively in theaters right now. Um, it was good, man. I don't. I didn't know much about Anthony Bourdain except he was the chef that had that CNN show. I didn't know much about him, but uh, I looked at this film and it gave us a glimpse into his life and his career. And he's a a very influential dude, man. I, I could tell he he touched a lot of people's lives before he, um, you know, unfortunately passed away. Well, you know, he committed suicide, but right. you know, he he's a very influential dude. The documentary does well of showing like the great things about him and also kind of like the dark things about him. But that's not the the main focus is celebrating him. Right. Is it one worth checking out in theaters or do you think it's one that can wait until it's on streaming or on home video? Um I'd say checking in theaters only because like his CNN shows, like they're known for having great cinematography because of the different places he visits, mm-hmm. and the film kind of carries the the film kind of carries that same spirit as there. There are like some great shots in Roadrunner, where you'll see like Anthony Bourdain standing against the sunset, you know, traveling from country to country, city to city. Um, yeah, I would say it's, it's worth the watch in theaters. You know, it, it gives it does give the cinematic effect even as a documentary. Oh, yeah, okay. I'd say go watch it. Yeah. Um, but man, I got to, oh, it made by the same guy who made, will you be my neighbor, which is the 
Won't You Be My Neighbor, which is a documentary about um, Mr. Rogers. Another great documentary. His name is Morgan Morgan Neville. I think his name was Morgan Neville. Yeah, I remember um, that Mr. Yeah. Rogers documentary being great. Uh, that that was one of those documentaries that, that makes you kind of tear up a little bit. As you're like, I can't believe we lost this person. Yeah, Road Runners kind of made in that same vein. Like Anthony Bourdain really was. He he was a unique person, an influential dude. Like you could tell people who were around him that were lucky enough to call him friend. They uh, they loved him. And um, another great tidbit. Um, he once uh, made a, a legendary tweet on Twitter that uh, uh, mentioned your boy and said, yo, fuck Baby Driver. Oh, did he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he once he must made that tweet. I don't know why he didn't like it. Um, well, he probably was just joking or something. But, uh, you know, he, he was a cinephile, too, Bourdain. Yeah, I don't know much about him, so... But I did hear yeah. that the documentary was big, or at the very least, I've gotten a lot of marketing for it on like Facebook and the like. So, yeah, it's very good. I recommend it. But um, I need to talk to you about a film, man. You and the audience, whoever's listening, dude, our boy Nicholas Cage, he's done it again, man. And not not like you think. Hey, hey um, if. If you if you head over to 8bitwaffles.com, uh, you can read my review of Nicolas Cage's latest film, Pig. Dude, this is a wonderful film, man. Yeah, you I, were telling um, me about it. I had this one like on the back burner list to kind of eventually watch and everything like that. But you said uh, this is the pinnacle Nicolas Cage movie. So it kind of got pushed up to near the top of my list. I'm going to sit down and probably watch that this week sometime. I'll tell it to you. I'll put it to you like this, man. I went to see this film on Friday, and um, I'm not gonna give anything away, of course, but um, the film kind of has a John Wick-like hook to it. You know, this man's pig is taken, and he needs to get his pig back. It feels like the perfect, you know, wacky Nicolas Cage film. But dude, it just it just like swerves into something beautiful, man. And it's kind of like it's it's a film about loss and love a little bit, like the pig. Getting the pig back is not even the real focus of it. But um, I'm telling you, man, I wrote this in my review. There's three Nick Cages. There's the Nick Cage that brings all he can to a bad movie, um, even though it's still bad, like, you know, Jiu-Jitsu, Grand Isle. Even if he's in there for 30 minutes, he's still Nick Cage. There's a Nick Cage who gives an over-the-top performance that elevates the film, Face Off, National Treasure, and then there's a Nick Cage that's just a powerful actor, unparalleled, can't be touched, leaving Las Vegas, Mandy, and this film, man. Like I told you, you I know you probably I know you probably didn't believe me, but I this his acting in this film is uh Anthony Hopkins' father, Daniel K. Judas and Black Messiah level, dude. Like, okay. It's it's a contender. Like, yeah, I, it's I saw it's this, up on my list. I gotta definitely go and see it. I saw it Thursday night, and uh, I took my wife to go see it on Saturday, and she liked it too. Um, oh, so you've seen it twice now then? I've seen it twice, man. This is a near-perfect film. There's like no fillers in it. It feels, And it's short and sweet too. It's like 98 minutes. Okay. So it's not even a long movie. Like It feels like every second and minute is not wasted, in, in my opinion. I mean, I could just pretty much love it, but... Let, let's say when you and I watched Kajillionaire and we pretty much agreed, like, yo, this is kind of a perfect film. There's nothing wrong with this movie. 
You think this is the next movie? I think I think this is the next movie, man. Okay. I don't see a lot of fives. I'll definitely check this one out then. I can see I can see the skeptical look in your eye. Like, I, I, you're telling I, me a late era Nicolas Cage film is great. I'm I'm still skeptical, but I'm I'm willing to give it the shot. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's just my humble opinion. I say at least check it out. Yeah, but um, I very much enjoyed it. Uh, but that's it for me, man. That's all I've seen so far. I'm uh looking forward to seeing. I think I'm gonna make the jump and see Snake Eyes. What about you? Uh, that one, I, I kind of am excited to go see that one. I never thought I'd be excited to see like a GI Joe origin movie. I thought that was like the biggest cash grab ever, but seeing the trailer for it, I, it's one of those movies that I'm definitely going to go see and I can guarantee I'm going to love watching it. It's going to be a very fun movie. I don't know if it's going to be like a top tier movie, but it's definitely going to be a lot of fun when the action comes in. I think I'm more excited to see that than I am Shang-Chi. But I'll still see Shang-Chi. Um, it, This one definitely looks like it has a lot more action than Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi looks yeah. like it's going to fall into the sad trap of Marvel where every serious moment has to have a joke 30 seconds after it. Well, not even that. It just looks like it's one of those origin stories that focus on more of the serious, tragic stuff than, you know, getting to the action. Yeah. You know, like... Captain Marvel, I love Brie Larson, but Captain Marvel is just okay because it just keeps leaning into her saying, you know, I can do anything you can do. I'm strong. I can I'm I'm, I'm I can I, I can be as strong as I want to be, which is a great metaphor, but I don't need to hammer it into my head every 30 minutes. Yeah. You know, I get knocked down, but I get up again. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't need to hammer it into my head every 30 minutes, but uh, who knows? It might be better than that. I don't know. Um. I'm not really looking at you looking forward to Eternals. I mean, I, I'm like, eh. Um, a little bit. Uh, the one that I'm most looking forward to is obviously Spider-Man because it's Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, even though we haven't seen anything from it yet, it, it has the most hype to me because it's literally Spider-Man. Uh, Shang-Chi. I, I love Shang-Chi in the comics. I love the idea of like a Marvel Kung Fu movie. So mm-hmm. it, it has my interest. Eternals just hasn't grabbed me yet i'm gonna go see it obviously but it hasn't grabbed me yet gotcha gotcha um yeah shang yeah i'm still gonna see shang chi um i'm going to see old uh next week alongside snake snake eyes uh pray for me all right you know (laughs) back to back i don't know maybe maybe shang chi friday old saturday maybe Uh, i don't know back to back but Listen, man. I think this might it might be a good one because it seems like M Night in his in his um second in in the latter half of his present career kind of is kind of like an every other kind of film kind of guy where every other film is kind of good, you know. Uh, and the films in between that are kind of bad. Like like Split is good. The Visit is good. Glass. Glass man. is okay. But. Yeah, Glass is okay, but this is the one after Glass, so I feel like this one might be good. Might be. It, it, the synopsis of the movie at least feels like it's a Shyamalan movie. I'll say that much. So the kind of like twisty nature of the synopsis, it, it sounds good. But we'll see how that actually turns out in the actual I never, movie. 
Yeah, I never read the original graphic novel that it's based off of, but um, I haven't either. Uh, I heard that it's good, but it does sound like something that's up his alley. Yeah, yeah. Let's just hope it's good. Um, but you know, you had mentioned the prospect of uh, mentioning the happening at one point, um, dude. I'm I'm trying to gauge because. I think we might jinx ourselves because if, if we're going to put old next to the happening, we might just be reviewing two bad Shyamalan movies. <laughs> and, I, and I'm hoping that old is good. I'm hoping that old because if old is good, we could still compare them. But I was going to say. I was maybe happening after Earth. I never saw after Earth, but I heard that's what we don't want to do anything with after Earth. Uh, if we're going to compare anything to after okay. Earth, we might as well, you know just give up on whatever that other movie is because it already won. It doesn't need to come out yet. It already won. <laughs> okay. It, 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 it's no point. It just already won. Yeah, it already won. Uh, we, we could even be like the, you know, we could come up with a movie that doesn't exist and it would win over After Earth. <laughs> Hey man, I never saw it, man. Believe it or not, that's actually one of those one of those bad movies I do want to watch one day. Just because I want to know how how did you get the winning team of Will Smith and his son and fuck that up? Like I, uh, you by know, making the most James- you know cartoonishly abled actor to just play a character that has zero personality to him, except just for time. Yeah, stoic faced all the time. I'm going. I am father. That that's his role, and and putting um and from what I hear, putting Jaden Smith in the lead and not even showing much of Will Smith. Yeah, is that what I hear? Well, okay. the little that you see of Will Smith is him literally just looking off into the distance and going, "I am your father. Listen to me." Uh, that that's his entire character, <laughs> and then you wow. have Jaden Smith, uh, just being a terrible actor. I still want to see it. I, I want to see the train wreck. I Some things you got to have to see to believe. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know what I mean. Like, I, I get you, what you you're saying. See, like, I, when you said we had to watch Dragon Ball Z Evolution with Last Airbender, I say, you know what? I've heard so many bad things about Dragon Ball Evolution. Could this really be that bad? Sometimes you have to see the train wreck to, to understand it was a train wreck. Mm-hmm. You had to go out you know, and see all the dead bodies to realize, oh, yeah, this was a massacre. Right, right, right. So I don't know, man. Maybe we'll do the happening in old. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. You uh, you got anything else? Oh, Stillwater by Matt Damon. That looks like, like it's going to be a good movie. Yeah. When's that one coming? July 30th. Same day as Green Knight. Okay. I guess that's going to be another twofer for me. Yeah. Yeah, now that we're finally hitting like movie theaters being open and everything, there's a lot of movies that are just coming out in quick succession now. Yeah, man, I've been putting my A-list to good use. It feels like I never left. Yep. All right, y'all. Well, I think that's the end of the episode. We'll catch you on the next one. Um, see y'all later.